Phone on the podcast. We are live. We are in full effect. Uh, this is episode 206, and I'm your host, Khalif Adams. Uh, we are hanging out this week and every week up on Twitch, doing our thing in podcast land, doing it big on the front page of Twitch this evening for Black History Month. Thank you for everyone who's come through and for everyone who's given us love and given everyone uh, today some love uh, in the Celebrating Black History Month uh, Twitch world a lot of people that you should be checking out in the next couple of days and weeks uh for the rest of this month but before we do that we are going to hang out with all of our crew first up is the man who makes science look good who makes studying look good who makes mini froze look good who makes contacts look good it is sharif jackson of sharifjackson.com how are you sir what's up i'm doing great i'm doing great it's a great day first day of black history month super hype um you know glad to be with you guys as always but especially glad to you know be um celebrating the beginning of you know this great month where we get to you know um focus on uh, what makes us awesome and and how we add to um you know american history so i'm super excited yeah i'm super hyped it's gonna be a lot of fun uh i think we have a lot of cool stuff in store we get to big up ourselves a little bit we get to get to show our beautiful black skin to everybody in the world <laughs> and let them just deal with it and it's great uh and speaking of beautiful we're gonna talk to the duchess of diversity we have tanya to pass how are you doing tanya i'm good i'm, I'm gonna give you a, a look later about about the segue though what? That was a dope segue. <laughs> oh, it's a great segue. Was it's segue. it's me. It's all me. I I know my limits. Uh, good lord! You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna make my eye. Gonna make my eyes go like this in the sky, like this. Oh, good lord! Oh, uh, don't try. That's gonna be the blackest thing. I'm gonna say, oh, good lord. Uh, <laughs> you know I love you, Tanya. You know. I know. I'm. I just. It's me. It's me being weird. Y'all don't pay me no attention. It's all good in the hood. It's all good in the hood. How are you doing? How how are you? celebrating your black history month so far it is only what 12 to 14 hours <laughs> into your black history month um but how are you how are you doing so far Ooh, twitter twitter let me let me holler at y'all about twitter though it between the black girl gamers are unicorns and today i don't think i've seen an actual reply to me on twitter that was meant for me um but you know what i played some mafia 3 i got my black girl magic tea on i even put a little makeup for the people we're good we're gonna be good because it's gonna be black as black and fucking be word absolutely i am excited about that reef how how has your black history month been so far for the first 14 hours of it (laughs) first 14 hours been dope um one thing that i do the beginning of every uh Black Heresy Month is I make sure that I remind myself of all of the, um, you know, people of color that contributed to uh, math and science, Um, not only currently like the Neil deGrasse Tyson and such, but like, you know, back in, you know, in the ancient Babylonian days and such, because when I'm teaching uh, my students about things like algebra and, and fractions and stuff, I always like to remind them about who are some of the early people um, that did this. So, um, you know, so I actually got, got um, you know, let, like a new book at Borders that um, covers that. No, at a Barnes & Noble, I mean. I always forget which one is the one that's still <laughs> open because um, they were both like the same thing to me. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like something that I do, you know, at, at, at every Black History Month um, because I like to 
remind myself that oftentimes we're only taught, you know, sort of the European people that contributed to math and science and they did very importantly but you know we should always try to give my students the whole picture so that's that's what i spent a lot of the day between my uh, tutoring sessions doing is just uh researching that's dope i like that it feels like uh getting back to the essence i'm not going to bust out some weird hotepness but i'm talking about the the gods and the earths (laughs) e-a-r-f's uh (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not gonna are you a hotep tutor i hmm (laughs) <laughs> well, let me see. How many, how many, how many, how many onk necklaces can one man have? <laughs> like, I quit. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Can I have, can I have like, no, it would, it would be like, it would be like multiple onks. No. It would be like multi, in the multi onk universe. <laughs> oh my God. The multi onk verse. The onk verse. The multi, the multi onk verse. Oh my God. So it would just be, it would just be all of us with like, Big ass capes and ox no, just rolling around, no. just, just smacking people with shade. No. Just be like, hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Oh, can you new? Oh, the easy, easy peasy in the chat said New Ox City. Oh, that's so oh, good. Oh, New Ox City. I love it. Oh, my well, God. New Ox City. Okay, I'm changing the title. That, I will City. say that, like, I think that Hotep tutoring is like probably a lot easier than my math and physics t- tutoring now because you could just make up anything. You know, like, uh, I don't really have to study for it. You could just make up anything and, and that is good. You know, oh so. my God. That's kind of, that's kind of the best. Actually. I, w- I want there to be what, maybe one day when they have like backwards day, we'll have an episode that is the new Ankh city version of spawn on me <laughs> where we just talk about games and Hotepian ways. No, in that way. no, it would come on Tanya. It would be so dope. Ride with me. Ride with me no, you do that on a, you do that on a week. I'm traveling. Can, what? Can we, can we? Why not? It would be so dumb. It would be. It would be, be these black fists behind me, and then it would be uh, a whole bunch of onks, and then I have a whole bunch of incense. We'll just have like a whole bunch of black love incense, and it would be so dope. We, we need. We need smell vision. Well, I, down, I think we would have to do it while like Tanya's traveling because Hotep's not necessarily uh, supportive of uh, women doing anything, but uh, you know, that's kind of true. <laughs> that's kinda, that's actually. That's and, actually very, very true. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. we have to negative. We have to do negative hotel business and stuff. Um, oh, one of the boy. things again, we have to we have to give some love uh, to the folks over at Twitch for again um, having this event and including us, especially kicking it off with us uh, today, uh, uh, being on front page and getting to share um, our thoughts about Black History Month. And I want to give Tanya and all the folks uh, a, a big amount of love for the wonderful video that got shared out by Twitch uh, this uh, today, actually, uh, where folks kind of gave some of their um, uh, some of the streamers who are going to be a part of this event gave some of their um, uh, gave some of their uh, thoughts about you know Black History Month and what it means to them. Um, we hadn't get it. We hadn't had a chance to kind of talk about that since we weren't Reef and I weren't necessarily in that video. But I kind of want to go around the circle again and see, you know, what what are some of the thoughts that you're having about the 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 event, the month, uh, what it means to you, and and, and kind of kind of how you want to celebrate it uh, going forward with the next of these 29 days that we oh no 29 oh I can't remember how many days did they give us this month 28 28 28 I can't count you know it's not a leap year okay. I, you know what? I really thought it was sleepy the other day because I don't. Anyway, I'm bad with time. Anywho, uh, uh, Reef, math, go, shut up, man. Three onks plus two onks equals six. Every year is a leap year, my brother. 
<laughs> Whatever, man. I, I, I move in time. I move like sand, brother. You don't understand me. <laughs> <laughs> I move like the granules of sand. Anyway, Reef, wow. tell me a little bit. What are you thinking about this event? What are you thinking about Twitch doing this? And what do you think about, you know, how, how are you going to celebrate for the rest of the month? I mean, I think it's great. I, I think, as I said on like a Twitter, it's a small but important step. Um, because we know that gaming is diverse. Um, the numbers show that it's diverse. Um, we know that sh streamers are diverse. Um, but oftentimes sort of the outward public face of it is not necessarily diverse. Um, and that's true in marketing. That's true on, you know, on sh streaming sites. I mean, I mean, it's not only streaming that has that problem. It's just another symptom of a larger thing. So I think that, sure. you know, that is good that, you know, twitch that you know they're recognizing that and they're putting it on for this month um as i said it's a small step because i do think that it's really the consistency and the sort of you know always making sure that you're that if you're dealing in like video games you should always be making sure that the people that you are putting forth are representative of the you know the gaming population and like right now you know it's not so um I, you know i'm i'm happy about the the event and and i've actually found out about you know more people that i did not know you know that that are people of a color that are streaming i think a lot of people assume that there's so few people that everyone knows everyone but there's more people every day you know um and you know so i I love this for like not only kind of celebrating the the uh, people that are already new that like rock out, um, right. but to find even like new people um, that you know are also just as dope. So, word, Tanya, what what are you thinking about? Uh, I know you had a, a, a impromptu stream earlier today, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, if you could share a little bit about what your thoughts are going on into. This new this new Twitch world that we find ourselves in. <laughs> um, it's great. I'm glad that they didn't script the video. Um, and I say that being mm. in the video. Um it's good, but I'm I'm hoping that um it Twitch Unity carries on and does a lot more and that the support isn't just in February. Like every other thing we see about Black History where it's like cool. You got 28 days or 29 days in the leap year to celebrate blackness. Um, and cool story, go forth and live your best life because we should be getting highlighted like everyone else's. Front page shouldn't just be a special event. Um, so I'm hopeful. I'm glad the video went well, but the replies to the tweet with the video kind of prove why we need to do this. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we've talked about we talk. It's interesting because like our our dream when we started this show was to spotlight all the, the people of color and black folks who are in this industry trying to to showcase what they do and, and why they're here and, and kind of, um, you know, their purpose in the space and that, you know, seeing each other is a wonderful thing and being able to know that you can do something like that. Um, it feels like it's nice to feel a little bit validated uh once an event like this happens because we've all been working towards this in some form or fashion right it's like you with any diverse games reef with with everything that he does on the stem side and now especially with his tutoring and with his gaming looks good series and it's kind of dope to feel like you know a little bit of vindication to see like twitch backing this and being a thing that's showcasing so many dope black streamers um 
I, I love it. I'm, I'm really excited that this is going to be a thing. I hope, and I have some ideas and thoughts and plans that I would love to pitch to Twitch uh, about what we could do again for this next year. Um, and I feel like, you know, this can only get bigger and better uh, to be able to, to see exactly how this is going to move. Um, I guess, I guess really quickly, I want to give a little bit of a shout out because I feel like when you talk about Black History Month, um, the beauty of being able to share information and what we do here on the show all the time is, you know, we do a little bit of fun. We do a little bit of gaming stuff. But we also like to educate folks who are who are in the space as well. Um, and I feel like you can't give can't talk about video games without giving a little bit of love to some of the folks who started all this for all of us. Uh, one person that I always uh, hearken back to and we always talk about on this show uh, is Gerald Lawson, uh, who uh, was a person who started off kind of making this space something that we could be in. Um, there's a little blurb about him right there uh, talking about how he was one of the first uh, people to help uh, make a cartridge uh, back in the days. Uh, I think he was working on the Atari system, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he was a New York native, so that makes it even better because he's New York native. I'm just going to say that out there and just throw that out there in the world. But <laughs> uh, it was wonderful to be able to see that, you know, we our history is entwined with this with this medium. It's something that we always uh, are told that we're not a part of. What are, what are some of those kinds of conversations that you've heard over the years and, and, and how do you feel we've been able to not just our show, but just the folks that we know in the space, if you want to shout any of them out? Uh, have been bucking those those notions that you know black people aren't here in these spaces. Tanya, I kind of I'm gonna throw it to you real quick. What do you what do you think about Ooh, that? How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> as much as you need. It's it's our month. You have a month. <laughs> well, we don't have a month tonight. Um, but uh, Shanae Bryant over at uh, Take Two Interactive, not Take Two. Where's she at? I want to say she's a. Oh, she just she just moved. Right. I want to she say she moved, was take this, but that's not right either. Um, but Sinead Bryant, um, Sierra McDonald, um, our friend Simply Andrea, because she's one of the people that got me into streaming, keeps me streaming. Um, mm. Wow. It's like, of course, now I got to think about all these people. Uh, Jerry Lawson's daughter, Karen, that we met uh, last year at GDC. And who else? Um, those, those are a few people. Because, of course, now that I got to yeah. think about somebody, everyone I know has gone out of my head. Yeah, that's how it works. It's always like that. Totally always like that. Word, word, word. Reef, what about you? I I know that you you didn't initially jump into the gaming side of it just kind of on the press side. You, I mean, we always did pod, We did podcasts. People don't know. We did podcasting a little bit. God, what, eight years ago? Yeah. Well, yeah, about that long ago. Yeah. It was about eight years ago. We had a show called Character Select. Shout out to Barbados Slim out in the world. Maybe uh, sure gangsters. Us. Baby shirt gangsters, the VSGs was real back in the day. Um, what, what, are, what are some of the people who kind of inspired you in this space and, and uh, some of the folks that you felt are the ones that are definitely kind of bucking that trend that we don't, that we haven't been here and that we actually are? Oh, man. So many. Um, I definitely want to um, give a special shout, as, as, as Tanya did, to Simply Andrea. Um, her stream was one of the mainstays that i went to because she always managed to keep it po super positive and just like she just you know she just a good example of like showing you know like your love for the space even though like the space might not you know have all that love for you at times <laughs> um and when i first met her and i 
talk to her. She was just so dope and like down to earth and, you know, and she obviously had her issues just like I, just like we all do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but like she was like, yo, I want my strain to be positive, you know? And, and like, I, I just love that. Not everybody can do that. I know I can't do that. Um, but like, just, I, I just really appreciate people, you know, that, 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 um, I can, um, also, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of, 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 um, a lot of people in the group, the, uh, cookout actually, the, uh, cookout yeah. POC, Love um, this stuff. um, and, and, uh, she's in the, uh, chat now. I've been hopping in on a lot of, um, Pikachu streams of, uh, D- Dead for <laughs> Daylight. And I think she's been in Monster Hunter for like a little bit as well. Um, and she's very, very dope. Um, um, also, also, um, gotta, gotta see if the, uh, coins to continue stuff that she was, um, a part of that podcast will be hopefully coming back soon as well. Um, I want to also talk about Charles Webb and I mean, yes. we're going to talk about mafia three because it's me. I can't shut up about this game, but Charles, you know, really gave Lincoln a lot of life and, yeah, you know, without his touch on those characters, uh, <laughs> I don't think the game would have been what it is. Right. So, you know, got to, got to give much love to Charles and also, you know, our, our friend and fam, uh, Tariq Musa, because a lot of his critique, a, to me is kind of a gold standard of where I want to be. And mm-hmm. also just the thoughtfulness he puts into his work. Cause I wouldn't have played the Witcher if not for him. Charles was fantastic. Uh, with that. Um, he was always uh, a great interview to have plus um gosh the 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 conversation that we had during that show that we did which i implore everyone to listen to um was like a two-day event where we basically had two roundtable discussions Mm -hmm. and we also had uh charles come on and talk uh so you know if you haven't heard that that episode of uh, spawn on me about about Mafia Three. You should definitely peep that out uh, because I think you'll get a really good understanding of what Charles was trying to do when being a writer on that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there are a couple of people who I I, I really have to give some love to. Um, one is Sean Alexander Allen, um, who again without him our show wouldn't be anywhere near where uh, it could have been. Uh, Sean, wherever you are, I got to give you massive amounts of love. He's coming out with his game Treachery and Beatdown City soon. Uh, but he has opened so many doors for me and for the show and has introduced me to so many people in the industry that are, are now friends and are now uh, people who we lean on for advice and, and people who we lean on to get us into to, into events and, 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 and a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff in that space. Um, uh, who else? I got to give massive love to Wallstormer too. I have to say, you know, he's a person who, you know, when I met, when I came out to Portland, he was one of the, one of the first people I met and he's been fantastic. Again, check out Let's Intel a Game. Uh, it's really good. Uh, he's been doing fantastic work with his writing and with the streams themselves. And also my boy, Sterling McGarvey, wherever you may be, I think he's on the flight back home to Portland today. Uh, he's definitely an industry vet and uh, he was in those spaces for a long time uh, helping us out. And trying to figure out ways that we can get that stuff done. Um, and yeah, Austin Walker, of course. Yep. Like, he's definitely one of the folks who gave us massive amounts of love. 
uh, throughout the time that we have been in the space. And it's been it's been really cool to be able to to have so much dope blackness around you uh, and uh, be able to share in uh, some of that, some of that, some of those cool people in those spaces that make you feel like, you know, the work that you're doing is valid and that you're doing cool. Yeah. Stuff. And and don't um, forget Evan Narcisse. Oh, my God, Evan. Wow. Evan, Evan has blown up into, into someone who is doing so much cool work. Um, you know, definitely check out his black Panther, book. uh, he was chilling on the red carpet the other night, which was unbelievably dope and so fantastic to see him getting the love that he deserved. Um, so yeah, we we have a lot of stuff in that space that we are hopefully going to be able to, um, kind of talk about in the future and also share, uh, you know, why people are still doing that good work. Um, so we hope that, you know, we'll be able to talk about that stuff, especially uh, in the next couple of episodes and especially during Black History Month, we'll be able to share some more stories of that stuff. Um, so what we're going to do really quick is we're going to take a short break uh, and we'll be right back after this. What's good, Internet? This is Austin Walker, a.k.a. Professor Killer, a.k.a. David Foster Flawless aka bars von trier you already know what it is and since you do you should also already know that spawn on me keeps it real when it comes to games culture and holding it down even when the world is on fire welcome to Bracago, y'all shout out to everybody who is hanging out back there uh again this is episode 206 of the spawn on me podcast yeah we had a little bit of technical difficulties but you know what we rock on that's what we do we make sure that everything works everything is fine Everything remains raw in the words of Buster Rhymes, Black History Month. I said it, so what you gonna do about it? That's right. Okay, what you gonna do? Reef lives. Yes, Reef lives. Uh, Reef, I live. <laughs> Reef, Reef is back in full effect. Uh, word. So we talked a little bit about, you know, some of the cool stuff that we are hoping to be able to see during um, Black History Month, but we didn't ask one question that I want to ask all of you, uh, and that is, what aspects of Black History could be handled better? good bad or indifferent in games and have any of them have any of the games you've seen done it uh, really well already um we've talked about some of that stuff uh, behind the scenes but i want to hear what you have to say about that uh with everybody here live in, in full effect um i'm gonna go to reef really quick so we we've seen so many different aspects of the culture kind of played out uh in the games that we that we have already played what are some of the games you feel are actually really doing this stuff really well? Um, well, I mean, I, I, th well, okay. So let me just clarify the question. You mean that that are that are already taking parts of Black History and doing it well? Well, I want to even add a little bit of a layer to that. Besides just Black History, who do you feel are kind of taking Black culture? Oh, and, Black culture. And do it and and doing well with that. Got you. Um, well, I think that in terms of. Uh, recent games i mean and i know that these will come up a lot so i'll just say one of them but i think that um you know um assassin's creed origins um you know which is obviously not an african-american uh game it's an egyptian game but i think that it is a game that really plunges you into that culture and is just unapologetically like you're in this you know 
Um, I found like it was a game that got me, you know, researching new parts of Egyptian history. Um, I believe on the 20th, they're dropping their um, educational mode where you can just roam around and, le- and learn things of, about Egyptian history actually in the game as well. Um, I feel like that game is just a great way to say, you know, here's a protagonist of a color in a culture that you might not be as 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 familiar with, but we're going to develop them and, and, and make him and his wife so real that that you're going to feel it. You're going to identify, you're going to empathize um, and like you're going to, you, you know, end up actually identifying with this great character. And the reason that I love that is because I think that one argument I usually hear against more diverse characters is from people saying, well, like I might have trouble like relating to, you know, a woman or like, you know, or like an Asian man or a Latino woman or, or, or a transgender character or like something. Right. Um, right. and I'm always like, if a character is well-developed, you can identify with them. Like, 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 uh, like that, that's really what it takes is that level of like dialogue and design and just care. And like, I think that like Ubi did, you know, a marvelous job with, um, uh, with, assassin's creed origin which to be honest i would not have expected because even though i've enjoyed previous assassin's creed games um i can't say i've ever really identified with any of the characters even Ezio, who i know is a is kind of a fan favorite but i can't say that i like i enjoyed the mechanics of the game but i can't say that i really was like yo i really identify with the character or that i you know kind of empathize with the with the character and i definitely didn't with desmond either um, you mean you didn't you didn't identify with Desmond? How I do you not identify with Desmond? Did, did you not go into a, a technological sarcophagus and find all your your ancestors to go hang out with? I identified more with the I identified more more with the aliens that were warning about the solar flare than I did with Desmond. So I have I have something to add to that in a minute about, wow. about that thing. Wow. Actually, I do I do I have something to add to that. Actually, go ahead. Me or or Sharif? No, Reef. No, Reef. No, I wanted to keep going because there was something I thought about as soon as he talked about the alien parts of his career. No, 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 no. Add, good, good. Add, add, add on Yo, to it. The thing that I really wanted Assassin's Creed to do and they didn't do it because they kind of moved away from it, this is the, this is the perfect Hotep tie-in, is that Assassin's Creed <laughs> oh, okay. was going to go all the way Hotep because they were starting to get into the Illuminati stuff and then they pulled back from it. And I'm kind of sad because I wanted to see them do like Hotepian stuff in Assassin's Creed because they were almost there. They were almost there and then they moved away from it. I'm sad about that. They had the golden apple. They had the the, the brown, the like golden shea butter. They had they had all the stuff. It was coming. And then they moved away from it. I, I mean, look, 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 look. Assassin's Creed has always been about, you know, the Templars and the Assassins. I mean, the, the Illuminati and stuff can be handled without it being Hotep. I mean, like the whole Deus Ex series and, you know, and like all that stuff is like about it, you know. It's just not Nuance City, you know. And once once we get Nuance City where like we have like a, like a Hotep Mario. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jumping around the city, what you is, know. Um, what is what is Hotep Mario throw to jump on? Does he throw out like bean pies, bow ties, bow ties, and bean pies? 
He like jumps on bean pies. No, I'm just saying. No, the bean pies is I power mean, you up. Got, oh, I shit. mean, you you have to collect like the power pyramids, you know, oh to, to uh, power up the Odyssey. Does he like jump off? Does he like jump off of uh, Farrakhan books to like get from levels to levels? Yo, let me tell you, like Nintendo needs to get on this DLC. There's an untapped hotep market. Wow, untapped hotep market. Oh my god! Wow. I'm sorry. I, I totally derailed that. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Thank you for that. Um, now that's when my internet should have gone out. Is right there, so I could have oh, missed shit. that. That's what should have happened. Um. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so so um, I think Assassin's Creed is a uh, a really good one. Um, I also think that you know, um, in terms of the African American side, um, I think that uh, Watch Dogs Two, um, great great example of sort of again a well developed character in like a in like a Marcus. Um, they make him unapologetically black. They give him like these great moments in the game where like i was like yo like i, I like i've said that to to, to to people about being the only one in the room at work you know what i'm saying and like uh being like not respected as like a hacker because of your background um i thought that it, it was probably the game that i think best kind of takes in some of the profiling and some of the stuff that we've seen in like a previous years um and kind of wraps it up um into a more um technological game um and and you know um now they they weren't perfect because i do think that they dangled one character out and then just kind of eliminated him for no reason um Mm -hmm. but as far as the main character um i i i thought that he was a great example and yeah that's another ubi game um surprisingly um so so yeah i think that those two games are great examples on the open world side of like how to do it right yeah it's it's one of those things where um i remember them talking about that very specifically uh, in some of the pieces that they put out there uh one of the ones i really loved was tanya's um where she kind of dug into uh the conversation that they were having in watchdogs and it was really really fantastic uh, because it definitely spoke to what you were talking about. And actually, I have a, I have a really quick clip uh, that we have, and I'm going to play that real fast. Hold on one second. Man, I feel so exposed. Hey, Horatio. Yeah, welcome to my world. There's only three other black people that work here. Okay, so I'm going to have to clip this part. We have our own mailing list. That's rough. But hey, you're fighting a good fight, changing the face of corporate life in the valley. <laughs> You haven't experienced corporate life until you're the only brother in a meeting and have to represent all of Blackdom. Okay, this is like too real. For every time someone complimented me for being well-spoken. Yeah, so we, I, I just played that well-spoken part of the, uh, <laughs> of, the <laughs> of the Watch Dogs 2 clip. And Tanya, I know you wrote a really fantastic piece about that. Um, and it was one of those things where um it definitely hit it definitely hit home because i'm sure that each one of us at some point has gotten that kind of messaging from not just the people around us that are kind of always around but like the folks when you kind of hear the outside kind of influences come into you want to talk a little bit about that clip and then kind of what you were thinking about when you had your piece up that you put up in poly um so when i was playing i like actually had to kind of stop and i had to take a minute 
because, um, you know, full disclosure, Polygon gave me a review copy of the game <coughs> and, you know, I was playing it and I just had that moment of this has happened to me in too many jobs. This has happened to me in too many occasions. And occasionally I still get the, oh, you're so well-spoken, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I, I went to college. I went to, you know, <laughs> I, I have an education. Speak so well is never a compliment, especially when you were saying that to a black person. It's like, I was thinking of the Chris Rock skit where he's talking about, like, what did you expect from people, you know? Yep. Right, right, And right, so right, right. I actually, like, put the controller down and thought about it because I'd never had a game reflect the experiences I have had as a black person working in corporate or even in higher ed. Because I worked in higher ed for 16 years and I still got, you know, stuff like that. Um, so what I was thinking about was, you know, on the one hand, I, I hated the first Watch Dogs. That is not a surprise. It's not a secret. Um... I hated it so much, I took it back literally the next day and got Diablo 3. I went back a generation rather than keep this game. <laughs> uh, so when I was playing this game, I didn't expect a lot. I didn't expect um, a lot of... Uh, I didn't expect... Oh, crap, sorry. Um, I slipped. Um Sorry, I will fix that in a second. Um, no, no, I'll I'll fix it. Uh, I, I, I saw what you did. <laughs> Chat was a little too quick for me, y'all. Um, it was a really powerful moment because I didn't expect that. And I just really was like, wow, they actually went there. Considering the ways that Ubisoft has messed up before, especially with the very first game, I was sure. surprised. I was pleasantly surprised, but also at that moment of... Ooh, boy. Well, that was uncomfortable. Um, and then when right. I wrote the article, it was out there and, you know, the internet being what it is, um, I got the usual, oh, you're the real racist for talking about race. And I'm like, okay, cool story, bro. Um, but not talking about race is not going to make me a racist. You, I'm not sure you know what that word means. Yeah, it's 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 weird, right? Where sometimes when you find games that not only imitate life but commentate on it uh, in ways that are actually pretty poignant and stuff like that. I've, again, you know, we talked a little bit about Mafia Three earlier. Um, some of the things that I actually really appreciate that we've seen in the space is um, games that have uh, talked about our culture in ways that we haven't been able to see before. Um, one of the ones that I think that is one that forget that people forget often uh, was the black college football experience. Yeah. Um, that was a game that I think a lot of people, when you throw that out there, people are like, what the hell is that about? Um, it was a fantastic game came out on the 360, and I think you should all take a, a look at it at some point. They have videos on YouTube and stuff as well. Um, but the hook was that they had within a football game, they had a, um, a mode that was like Guitar Hero, yeah. Uh, where you could basically play as black college bands and do step shows and do all the stuff within the game itself. It was so dope. It was really, really cool to see them kind of take that uh, aspect of black culture and expand upon it and then um, share uh, all that stuff uh, within the game itself. It was really cool to be able to see 
those things kind of push themselves out. What a thing I want to ask all of you is what part of the culture or black life or blackness, you know, you can't look into the future, but looking to the past and to the present, um, would you like to see shown in video game form? Like, is there something that we've missed before or that hasn't been done yet that you feel like we haven't gotten a chance to see? And what would it be that you'd want to be out in the world? Um, Reef, I'm going to go back to you really quick. What do you, what do you think about that? What's, what's the thing that we haven't seen that represents the culture well? Man, I think there's so many things that, you know, we just haven't, you know, haven't tackled yet, which I think would be awesome. Um, first thing that comes to my mind is um, the Montgomery bus boycott. Um, Interesting. Which was, you know, this, like, some people think it was, like, very quick, but it was, like, a long, it was, like, over a year, you know, that, like, uh, people were boycotting, you know, the, the Montgomery, Alabama bus system um, because of segregation. Um, and again, like these were like mostly black women that, you know, took that instead of taking the bus to work, they walked, some walked miles to work to, um, protest it, you know, and the buses, you know, they, they didn't stop it because they felt good about it. Cause it, cause they lost all this money, you know? Um, so I thought that like, that would be a cool system to, um, put into a game where like you have to sort of strategically manage you know like who's like not going to take which which like bus gauge at uh, against sort of like the health and the strength of like a person to like see how far that like uh, they can walk to to to, to, like a job and then weigh that against like the economics uh, of the actual bus company um basically Mm. to make them lose enough money to say hey we uh give up you know um i think that would be dope and instructional um and it like a really follows the uh system of like a lot of existing games where like you have to plan out routes you know and like a manage huh. like a money and like health and, and like all that stuff i feel like uh, that would be dope um and yeah i would i would like love to see it um you know i i think that there's a lot of stuff from that moment in uh history that can definitely be um shown in a more interactive uh form Tanya, what about you? What, what, what's a, a game that you would like to see the, that showcases, you know, black life or blackness in a way that we haven't seen before? Um, I'd want to see like, you know, kind of like Watch Dogs 2, but more mundane. Like, you know, we're just going about our daily lives and doing stuff we normally do and have people not be shocked that, oh, my God, there's black nerds the way that they were when they saw a dude in uh, Watch Dogs 2, etc. Um but also, I like to see, you know, something about rap and hip hop and the resurgence and the culture, because a lot of a lot of times hip hop is bastardized. A lot of time hip hop is mm. is appropriated, but not appreciated. You know, Sharif had a great article about, right. you know, hip hop teaching them to code in um, in the off world book and on the site. And I, I'd like to delve deep into it because I know hip hop, but I don't have a deep knowledge of it. I have a love of it. And mm. it it should be more than the cool soundtrack to a movie clip. It should be more than, you know, the the trailer music, but never in a game, you know. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. No, I was just going to address Paris. Um, he asked if we touched on Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and the 90s Boys in the Hood theme. Oh yeah, I 
it's interesting because I think that um, <clears throat> I feel like some of that part of black life and black culture has been touched on fairly significantly. I feel like they've done there's a lot of there's a lot that's been done in that space already. Right. Where I'm kind of more in line with Tanya's idea of um, the mundaneness, right, the humanness that we all uh, inhabit every day that doesn't really get shared where, you know, you're either the superhero or the villain you're either the the drug dealer or the king or the kingpin where there isn't a lot of in between so it's like jumping off tanya's uh, uh answer i i would love to see a this is uh a life is strange version that's that deals with with black, black can it people. be made by actual black people Look, that would be fantastic <laughs> yeah that would also be really really cool if that was the thing that was actually in there i think that would be fantastic because it's one of those things right where like i would love to see you swap out all the people who were in the the life is strange game and set it in the bronx or set it in the inner set it in an inner city uh, uh context where those stories and those and those conversations are going to be vastly different than the ones that you would have in the kind of normal version of Life is Strange. Go ahead, Reef. Yeah, and, and I mean, they did attempt that with the We Are Chicago game um, that came out um, recently. Um, didn't quite, you know, resonate with a lot of people, um, but I think that the idea is there. And, man, I just love, Tanya, I just love your idea about um, expanding on, like, hip-hop because there's, like, so many games where, you come from nothing and become like a superhero. Like what is that if not the story of, you know, poor people of color from the South Bronx that made an art form that is now like, you know, one of the main exports of America, you know, like, like why hasn't there been a game to like a chronicle, like, uh, like cool Herc and like a busy bee, you know, living in the projects and like going from from like block parties to like bigger events and then going on to, to like uh people like uh, grandmaster flash and the furious five on to run dmc i mean like that mm-hmm. will make a fantastic game to show how this global culture started again from you know poor people of color in the south bronx i mean i think that would be amazing um yeah. you know i man i'm Crap! I want, I want, I want That's that. hype, right? Yeah, that'd be that'd be super dope. Like it, it makes you think again, and this is the thing that I hopefully we'll be able to talk about, not only in, a, in an upcoming show, but <clears throat> an idea that I wanted to to pitch to uh, Twitch is to talk about just how Black culture um, has informed and has um, kind of shown itself throughout all of gaming that we see today. Right? It's like you can't find an emo in a game right now that doesn't involve some form of Black culture, right? It's like dances, it's like handshakes, it's like all those things where it's like any game that you've ever seen The Running Man in, that's black culture. So I'm saying every brand has some kind of hip-hop influence, commercial or slogan. Every single one. Right. right. And it's funny then when you hear people talk about, you know, even when they talked about the event tonight, uh, talking about, well, why can't we, why aren't we represented in this space? And I'm like, look, we're here. You may not understand that we're here. Well, we've been in these spaces for a very long time and people who are developers, you know, when we talk about wanting to see more people uh, who look like us making games and more people who look like us kind of being the people in the forefront when they talk about marketing games and things like that. Those folks are using our culture all the time. They're using bits and pieces of it all the time. They just may not understand that they're using bits of black culture all the time. So, again, uh, for the folks who are out there in the, in the back of, in the back seats. 
we're here. We're not going anywhere. This stuff has been here for a very long time, and you have to recognize our influence, not just only in video game culture, but in all cultures. Again, we are the culture in a lot of different ways, and we share that stuff out all the time. Um, my version of that would be, um, I would love to see a game take on the, the story of the Black Panthers. I think that would be fantastic. Um, I would also love to see, um, you know, we've seen some, we've seen some games kind of dig at uh, going back to Africa with, with uh, Assassin's Creed. Um, but I would also love to hear some stories um, in other parts of the world, you know, like medieval POC and the, and the amazing work that, that, that they have been doing for, for a very long time. If you've followed their Tumblr, um, they have been doing great work at talking about historically how black people have been everywhere, but you would swear that they were, that we're nowhere. If you look at the way that most history is told, you know, talk about black people during the Renaissance, talk about black people during all these other places that they've been in, in real ways. <clears throat> and also like uh, TB for 4,000 said in the chat, a black Panther game I, insomniac. Somebody, I saw them talking to insomniac on Twitter, on Twitter, Twitter the other day. And they were like, yeah, can you just palette swap out? Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man and make it a Black Panther game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm not that mad at it. I would much rather kind of play that game. That game would be pretty fire if you if you ask me. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of that stuff that's in the space. Um, and I know, I know, I know you wanted to dig a little bit really quick before we before you move on to the next thing about more Mafia Three stuff, Tanya. What, what would you, what do you want to? I just want to kind of talk about the parallels that you know real life events and also kind of real life footage that they incorporate into the game and the ways that, you know, Lincoln's story parallels a lot of people because it's set in 1968, Louisiana. It's set in, you know, in Louisiana, but in a fake city. So, you know, we have Lincoln Clay who, who does not die because if he died, it'd be a real short game. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, they talk about, you know, Martin Luther King who is assassinated and, um, you know, those kind of parallels, but also the fact that we get a game that is was so well done that, you know, I've got friends who, who bought it, who were into it. You know, I, I take no, I, I take great pleasure, I guess, in the fact that I got N.K. Jemison to play this game. And then she showed it to her dad because she was talking about showing her dad uh, uh, the game. And, you know, like she's been in New Orleans, etc., and the fact that her dad, who's not a gamer, really got into it. And that made me happy. But for me to have a game where I get to be a, a black person, I get to have my revenge story. I get to have this narrative, but they never excuse what Lincoln does. There's no, It's like, dude got shot in the head. He's mad about it. But he's got a reason, but he's also not a good dude. Um Right. But I also learned some stuff. And granted, it's weird to say I've learned stuff from a video game, but I've also learned a lot from the Assassin's Creed games. I'm just a bad history student. I'm just going to admit that up front. Yeah, uh, <laughs> me, me too. But you know, it's like the, the footage and the kind of CIA conspiracy stuff, etc. Um, it's, you know, there's just so much there that, that drew me in. And I am a narrative-driven person when it comes to stories, when it comes to games. You know, I'm usually not like, oh, I just want to drive around and shoot shit. Um, so seeing Lincoln's storyline, how it evolves, how he evolves, and that kind of uh, decline 
of what he of what he goes through the decisions he makes and and you see the degradation of his of his integrity as he kind of becomes more and more like you know the people he's hunting down but also i get to learn a lot about 68 and nam and other stuff so it was it's one of those games where i know some people feel a way about it i know they feel a way but for me it was a really cathartic experience and let's let's be real when i got to shoot up that clan rally and when I saw the trailer with feeding the dude to the alligator, I was, it was like that fry gif. I was like, take all my money, take all my money right now. Um, and it's just really, it was a cathartic, great experience for me. Um, and same yeah. with, you know, Watch Dogs 2. I didn't expect to like the game. I love the game, played it nonstop. And for me, it was like Marcus is me this is i'm a i'm a geeky mm. nerd i'm a black chick etc and i get to see these people that are like me and it, there was no excuse given for why he's in tech and a hacker he just is i feel like go ahead review about to jump in oh no I, w- I was just gonna say one part that i also loved about mafia um and i don't think i've seen this really done in a game that i can think of is when you first interact with um, Cassandra and the Haitian gang, and there's a lot of dialogue about how they're saying, like, you know, we are about black people and we're, a, you know, we are a gang, but, like, you're, like, reporting to these, like, white Italians, you know, um, to, like, do your dirt, but, like, we're actually doing for ourselves. And I thought that that was a really interesting conversation that, you know, it's decades and decades old, you, you know where where like you know do we do we do for ourselves or like or or like do we ally with like other groups that are um already doing things like i thought that like that was great and i thought that like it was handled well i wish they delved a little more into it because it kind of gets dropped as you go along as you go along in in the uh story but i just think that it's like one of those things that can really be mined in like a lot of like other games now you have to be really good about it though but like they handle that like intercultural and that interracial issues as well i thought yeah. that was dope and that's an interesting thing i feel like um <clears throat> there are so many aspects to blackness that we don't get to see and because you know we're not a monolith you know it, you'll see that throughout the 30 days that you see everyone who is participating within this particular event uh you'll see that you'll see that non-monolithic uh way that we are all interacting the way that we stream conversations that we have the way that we talk but you would swear that from the way that video games are marketed and the ways that characters are made that we are basically all the same avatar just with really really bad hair which which is which is real in and of itself too. I feel like the do you feel like he's a he's a part of that too. So like the um the conversation that we have just about uh black culture is one aspect of it. Do you feel that with the way the technology has grown? And I remember there being a couple articles that you've done uh Tanya that that dig into the conversation about black hair mm. uh, that talk about talk about you know the way that not just the conversations are being had about us 
but the way that we're being physically represented has changed in the, in you know from generation generational leap to the next generational leap do you feel like maybe those things will actually uh, take better shape in the next generation in this one as well Tanya, I want to I want to jump in uh, on on your end. You you take that one. Ooh, Black Heron Games. Um, this one is is partially sensitive for me, mostly because of the abuse I got for that one article. Um, right. It's it's been interesting because talking about black hair was a jump off point, especially in that article. Um, and I hope it can get better, but I mean, we just saw Hellblade, which, you know, ha- is great on the mental health stuff, not so great on, on the representation, because yes, I know it's Celtic and everything else in its pics, but her hair looked better than mine in most video games. A white chick. So, <laughs> so I was just like, um, okay, so I can't have my hair in most games that I play um, but here's this Celtic chick running around, um, with locks that look better than mine in most games. So, yeah. um, and, and the new game that's coming out from the same people that made Firewatch, the hair looks good in that. Um, yeah. you know, and I, for me, the problem is always. I can't have my hair as a human character in most games. Even look at Monster Hunter World. That one hairstyle with, with the mm-hmm. half-done braids, like you got up and ran, and ran out of the chair. <laughs> but NPCs with, with elven ears, mind you, have nicely done braids. And I'm just like, how come the elf got a better do than me? <laughs> you know why do these old games like dragon's dogma skyrim have better braids and locks than next gen console games so you know yeah. i got locks and it should not be hard the sims did it i mean the sims granted it was in a stuff pack but i can have my hair so it i would hope it would get better but it's it's a struggle but it comes back to representation and what we talk about it's um we don't see we don't know who's making the games we don't know or rather we don't see the people who are making the games that look like us we don't get to see the people mm-hmm. like us on stage at e3 we don't get to see those people in in c-level positions for the people who don't know c-level that's like you know executive level that are directors and above that are making that final decision on what characters look like etc um so until people get to be in those positions and get to make calls it's gonna be harder we're going to get things where we have horizon zero dawn where everybody's got locks and i'm like why do we have to have the post-apocalyptic everybody's got locks do you know how much work it is actually (laughs) um i used to have locks and this is what happened because i didn't take care of them well (laughs) that's on you you said that yourself wow you wow see this is why get get your shea butter and go to the shop i was i was i was out there looking like the seventh heartbeat 
with just like two dreads just hanging out like this, and then they got pulled off and it was not working. So I had. To oh my god, you did not do that! Wow. <laughs> Nights like this, I wish my dreads would fall. Wow. Nights like no, I'm just playing. Yeah, I mean, like I I agree with Tanya. I mean, like the hair thing has always been an issue, and like you know, from a guy's perspective, it's like you 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 get a high top fade, like an afro. And maybe some kind of bushy, bushy hair. That's usually it. Um, unless you're playing a game like, say, like, you know, NBA 2K or like something like that, which actually knows that if they mess up the hair, that it'll be like a simulation of the people problem. Um, it's really something that I feel like is just not prioritized. Um, I saw a, a question in the chat that, well, well, it was more a statement in the chat that I like, basically said, you know, is it that like uh, people don't know how to do it or that they don't prioritize it? I think it's the prioritization. I mean, I honestly think that a lot of diversity things, especially th things like that, they're not considered early enough. And mm -hmm. they basically say, well, like we have a black option for the skin and then that's it. And then sort right. of at the end, it's like, oh, my God, we got to do all this, all this, all this. Um, I, th I think that it's, it's no longer a, te a technical challenge um i think that if like people just thought about it early on in the design process i think that there's no excuse um anymore um for, for that stuff to like happen if you have a character creator it's it's, it's like very frustrating that in like 2018 that we're still having these uh conversations i kind of love there was um somebody i know who just started monster hunter world and they were like yo i'm about to get because he has dreads He's like, yo, I'm about to get my dreads and my oh, my character is gonna be real dope. It's gonna be real hot. And then and then he tried to put dreads on his cat and he said it looked like raggedy bananas. And I was like, what is this nonsense? It's not my fault. He's the one who wanted to put dreads on a cat. Like, why why would you do that in the first place? So I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like you deserve it when you try to do that and put terrible things on side your monster hunter cat. I don't I don't know. It, it just feels like you just get what you deserve on that end. Um, what's the what's the next part of gaming that you feel um, is going to take another step forward when it comes to um, not just the way that we are portrayed, but something in the form of how we are actually... Uh, talking about the history of black people. Do you feel like there is a section of gaming, not the, cause we already talked about what we'd wanted to see and some of that stuff. Um, but do you feel like there is a part of the history, specifically history that has been really undone by the way that games have kind of portrayed it? Do you feel like what's the, what's the most crappy version of blackness that you've seen in gaming so far? What's, what's been, a, a super low light oh, uh, that, that you've seen uh, come across over there. Well, I got one. Um, and this actually happened during our charity stream um, mm. that we had over MLK weekend. We had our fourth annual spawn for good, like marathon. Um, and I was playing a bunch of super Nintendo games, including some that I never really played all the way through. Um, so I was playing super punch out. Um, which I've never really played all the way through. Um, and you, you get to this, you know, um, Caribbean character, 
Um, and as is of the time, the, the Caribbean characters are always sort of smiling and talking about feel the rhythm and all that kind of stuff. And that's sort of all they say, <laughs> kind of like DJ and a street fighter. Oh, um, yeah, DJ. That annoyed me enough. But where I had to actually like literally turn the game off on the stream was when so like during the game, like the coaches um, will like tell the um, opposing fighters to like keep up or like do your move. And they were saying time to shuck and jive time to shuck and jive to the Caribbean <laughs> boxer. And I couldn't believe it. I said, yo, like. Not only will I not have this, I will definitely not have this on MLK uh, weekend. And I shut the game off. And yeah. it was, I don't like to do that on stream. I mean, I was clearly upset. And, you know, I, I try not to do that. Um, but, man, it got me so heated because I like, even though the game, you know, like it's from the early 90s, whatever. It was just so, like, that's the kind of stuff I feel like when you're bringing a game over to something like the SNES Classic, you should remove that. I mean, that is just so ignorant and so ridiculous that I almost couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. So that, to me, was a low light. Um, yeah, a, a clear low light um, for, for for me. That was, that was horrible. Like, like I won't play that game again. Wow. Damn. Damn. Tanya, what, 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 is some of your, what are some of your low lights? Your <laughs> blacklist low lights in, in terms of, we in got terms no of time. gaming. Um you know, early Street Fighter, you know, we finally get a black character and it's like, you know, the the low budget Mike Tyson. Um, when I know it was like licensing issues, but it was actually not something I was gaming. I was playing, but it was something I was watching someone stream. So uh, Mike Laidlaw does Indie Saturday and he finds like these obscure, weird games. And it was like the cop game and you, you're getting framed as a police officer um, and it was like the most racist game, um, that I had seen in a while. Like he even stopped playing the game and, you know, Mike is a white Canadian dude, but there were things like, you know, right. just some language in the game that wasn't very good. It wasn't, um, and it was basically like, it was a little too real considering, how things are right now like you're like these cops are setting people up in this little like eight 16-bit pixel mm -hmm. world and they're talking they start calling people darkies and i was like yeah what yeah yes yes me cop that's what it is thanks wall stormer uh and oh, i was just like shoot. i gotta go I, I like i literally and i i just sent him a message i'm like it's not you it's the game i gotta go I know. Um, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. That, that thing is like in my Send that queue. back. Send <laughs> it I've back. I've never downloaded it. I've never. It was a free, free is code, too much. So Someone needs. But yeah. Whoever sent you that game does not like you. Yo, I'm getting mad even thinking about the Shuck and Jive thing. I, I actually put the link in the chat to the photo that I tweeted out because I was just, oh my yeah. God, I just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe uh, it. Amazing. It's kind of amazing because I never, I never really see Reef mad, but Reef was pissed when he saw look, that joint on street. He was like, "And uh, wow, chat's moving like fast." But there's some good like comments this. in chat too that I just want to acknowledge. 
Um, N.K. Jemison sure. saying that Daisy Fitzroy and Bioshock Infinite, that it was such a slap in the face after two good oh, games. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of comments about Bioshock Infinite. One of my favorite non-favorite characters in all of gaming is Coltrane from the Gears of War series. Woo! I hate Coltrane. Oh, I guess that answered that question. I can't. I can't stand Coltrane. Coltrane is the worst. I don't like it because he is literally like six different stereotypes all in one. He is like a stereotype cornucopia of whackness. It's like so many different things that are just all wrapped up into that dude. And he does the dance. He does a really bad Ric Flair woo, which makes me even more upset because I love Ric Flair. So like, you can't do that. You can't do that. He's so bad. He's such a terrible, terrible character. And I feel like it was an interesting time in the space where that character was one in which you could get away with it because folks weren't really getting at people like on Twitter and like on social media where they were just like, if Coltrane came out today, that whole company would be done. That company would be so done at this point. They would have been shouted out. Black Twitter would have wrangled all of them up and would have put them in, in, into the jettison, into, into deep space. They would have gotten their faces rocked. So it's it's rough. Coltrane is definitely mine. Um, I and I feel like there are just so many. There's way more bad ones than there are good ones. Yeah, so I, when I, you see a good one, it's like obvious. Yeah, I actually wonder with that Coltrane, I wonder if, number one, if there was a, a person of color on that team and if there was, if like they were like, I know this is annoying, but at least we got a black character in the game, or if there was just no one in the room, like like I'm really curious because like I feel like sometimes there is that struggle, especially at that time in like gaming, where like you know, you just want to be happy to have some diversity, even if that diversity is not well represented, you know, like 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 um back when. Sh- Fire was out. I used to play with DJ because he was a black character, even though he's right. always smiling. Like he never stopped. He has a big <laughs> toothy uh, Sambo grin on, basically. You know, um, yeah. you know, and and like uh, this used to. I'm probably the only one that that like remembers this, but uh, Balrog, who you know is the is the you know M Bison or the Mike Tyson parody c- character in his like a profile. It was it was basically like he loves being stupid. It was like hates mathematics, oh, which yeah. I I just I it was just a random thing. I mean, all the profiles are weird, but like I was like, yep, that, there's a black guy, you know, just uh, hates mathematics. And man, that just really got me angry when I was a kid. But at the same time, I was like, man, it's all we got, you know. And look, there's always that back and forth. I feel like um, now we've gotten to a point where there shouldn't be that, but I could definitely, I, I, I could definitely see on the coal train there, there may be being, you know, one or two people in, in the room. Now I doubt that they were in the room and had decision-making power, but they were in the room like, man, this is really bad, but I don't want them to just have all white people in the game. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, right? Where it's like, you've been force fed so many bad characters for so long that when you get something good, you kind of cherish it even more and kind of want to share it out in, in, in more ways. Cause just like, well, shit, that's rough. Like 
all the ones that you shared and all the ones that Tanya shared are like just so raggedy and it's just so hard to be able to kind of wrap your brain around that. Um, but what I'm hoping for, um, and I kind of want, want to wrap it back to Twitch really quick is, uh, before we move on to news, is I'm hoping that the end result of some of the um, events that we see happening during this month is that both shows that we uh, are currently doing uh, get amplified and signal boosted. Um, all the people who are doing the work here on Twitch, um, showcasing their work and showcasing their talent and their content uh, will get more love in the future because I think, you know, as much as Twitch has done a, a pretty cool job with this initial kind of push, um, what I'm hoping to see is that more people who look like us get more uh, spotlights behind the scenes. Uh, I want more people to, um, I don't want this particular event to just be the only time you see us on Twitch. Because uh, you see it as soon as you uh, you put on a new game that's being promoted by a company. Uh, there are very few streamers of color that are given keys for games. There are very few streamers of color who are uh, given uh, front page uh, the way that we have been and the rest of the folks who are going to be in this event are, are going to be given. Um, and I feel like our work is just as good as most of the big streamers and even, or, or even better because we have a different perspective and because we are um, talking about things that have more relevancy than just uh, playing games. Um, so, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the show. But for now, I want to dig into a little bit of news uh, for the second half of this episode. Oh, Reef, I know that you put together the docket. I want you to jump into the first the first uh, article uh, for the show. Sure. So uh, get, get out your cardboard, get, get out your Amazon boxes that I'm sure are stacked up in your uh, house. And let's talk a little bit about the Nintendo Lab O. Um, so this is a sort of DIY kit that Nintendo announced a couple of weeks ago at this point um, as like a, basically an add-on for the Switch where like they'll like ship you some like pattern cardboard and you build it in, into uh, different like uh, devices that interact with like the switch in like various ways um there's like a rc car piano fishing rod all that kind of stuff um and the prices were a little hefty they were like 70 bucks for like one kit which i had about five different uh things you can make and like 80 bucks for like another kit where like you could basically make like sort of a huge robot uh backpack thing and there was a lot of like discussion around well like these prices are like a hefty they might be a little justified if you had like the customization to be able to either build your own um you know or like i use this with like something other than like a cardboard um i had no doubts that even if nintendo didn't do anything that people would find other ways to use this which people always do with like diy stuff which is why i'm on board um, but Nintendo did announce, um, today actually, um, that they are going to like actually offer some like official software that will allow you to like, uh, reprogram things as well. Um, so that customization element does look like that is actually g g going to like be part of it. Um, and as I read the, um, article, it's not something that's actually going to be like an extra cost. It's like actually going to be something that's like embedded into the software that like you get for that $70 or that, or that $80 package. So 
I'm super excited, you know, as like a tinkerer, as like an engineer, as somebody that, that like uh, teaches, I'm always looking for like different things to like, uh, you know, to like help my like students understand like the properties of uh, math and of physics. Um, so I'm super excited. And like, I think that like this goes a long way in like justifying that like price tag a bit more. But I also realize that as like Nintendo said, like, you know, this is aimed at kids and people with that are young at, 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 at heart or like a tinkerers. Right. So I think that this is really a niche product that they, they're not expecting to appeal to everyone. And I'm hoping that their business model for their return on it, like reflects that. Um, but I'm super excited. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, th that like they're officially showing that like customization, um, what do you guys think about this? Um, you know, do you think that by having that customization, um, that it's something that like makes it more, you know, more uh, worth it to uh, you guys? And I'll, I'll start with uh, Caliph. Caliph. Who's Caliph? Caliph. I don't know Caliph. Ain't no Caliph live here. I like calling your name Caliph. It's good. Caliph. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'm actually more excited for the collabo. Uh, now that it's going to be something that you can definitely kind of change and reinvent while you have it. Cause that was the thing I was worried about is like, you're going to get this one particular thing. You're going to have it for a small amount of time. Your cat's going to get cat hair all in it. And then all your animals are going to throw it around and mess it up and beat it up. But then what are you going to do with that extra piece of hardware that, you know, I, I was never in fan of, uh, never a fan of, um, like rock band and stuff because once you got done with it you had all these huge pieces of plastic in your house and you couldn't really do anything else with uh, but hearing that nintendo was being really forward thinking um and trying to lengthen the life of the product itself by giving you multiple ways that you can interact with it that's really smart like i feel like it's going to be moving your it's going to be saving you more money and giving you more time to engage with the product and then have you think about it in other ways and move outside the box with it, which is going to be really funky to see um, just how far they'll let you take that. So uh, yeah, I'm down for that. I think it's cool. I think it's going to be going to be pretty dope. Tanya, I what think do, it's what do you cool, think but I, I know it's not for me because I've got a cat and, and a small apartment. Uh, so I can see my cat <laughs> deciding that the Nintendo Labo is an elaborate cat toy. Um, so, I mean, it's cool if I had a niece or something or a nephew, I'd probably get it for them, but it's, it's not my jam. I think it's really cool because I'll teach kids to build. Um, yeah. And it'll teach kids to like kind of figure out how things go together. So, like I said, if I had a niece or a nephew, I'd totally be into it and get it for them. But for me, I'm like, that's cool. I'll watch videos. I, I will watch people struggle on Twitch to assemble these things. That's oh, gonna. Be I can't great. wait to stream myself. That's building gonna be this. so good. I'm absolutely gonna be streaming myself building this. They should just make a whole new category. Just oh my like god! It's gonna be a <laughs> build. Just build a labo bed, <laughs> cardboard bed. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, I actually forgot to mention that they showed a, a trailer, which is not publicized yet, but. Some of the custom examples th that they had was like a uh, working bank, uh, which I'm assuming they mean just something you could put, you know, money in, not like an actual branch of, uh, you know, Bank of America or something. Um, 
a vending machine, a two-player tennis game, and a functional guitar with frets, which is pretty nuts. Um, You know, know, saying that it's all based on um, cardboard. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, you know, there's uh, definitely some, like, talk in the chat that, like, this may kind of dissuade, like, Nintendo from focusing on sort of their main games on the Switch. I really don't think so. I think this is really a side thing. This is them just being super creative and just like, you know, like Nintendo try stuff and like some of it hits and like uh, some of it misses. And I think that this is going to be like a hit with the right kind of like people, but make no mistake, like they're trying to make games for the Switch and uh, and uh, keep on breaking records as they have been. I mean, they've they've like already outsold the Wii U's in 10 months which is pretty nuts that's um, madness you know um so uh so yeah i don't i don't think you really have to worry about like i doubt that they're taking like the people that are working on their top franchises and put them on like the labo i just i don't think that like that that like that's gonna happen but you know i got mine i got them pre-ordered i'm gonna be streaming my uh attempts both at like following you, you, you know like the uh instructions and just trying like my own stuff i mean this really brings me brings me brings me back to me being like a lego kid you know where i would follow the instructions once and then i would just build my own stuff or i'd combine different sets or i had my big bucket i didn't buy like that that many like sets i just had a big bucket of like legos i don't know if they sell those buckets anymore um do they still sell those things That, that would be interesting right I mean, they probably do at the Lego store, but I feel like when I see like uh, Legos at 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 like Target or like those, it's like always like a set, you know. But yeah, I'm 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 super hyped, super hyped. Oh, um, okay. And and you know, I'm again like you know, I think that it's something that you know, I just hope that they when they planned out their revenue and and like all that stuff that they know that this is not going to sell to the entire install base. Like this is a niche product and you, you know, and uh, I, I think it's dope. I think uh, I'm again, curious to see what the, the, <clears throat> the tail is going to be on this thing. Cause once they do the first initial batch, I'm, I'm curious to see like what like version two is going to be, or like, you know, you know, uh, uh, season two of the collabo is going to look like, um, which I'm just going to keep calling the collabo because the collabo sounds better than just the labo. I don't care. I'm doing it. Well, and I don't, don't care what Nintendo says. Don't be surprised if like one day, like we log on to like do the show and there's like a cardboard version of me with like a functioning mouth um, that, that I'm controlling with the labo. While can I'm we on. get a, can we get a cardboard Cicero? <laughs> cardboard versions of everyone. That's you know what they'll do? You know what they'll do? They'll just have, they'll have their, they'll have, I keep saying the collabo now. I can't stop saying collabo. They'll have the labo versions that they first come out, and then Generation 2 will just be all corrugated cardboard. <laughs> just cutting up people's hands, just beating their hands up with corrugated cardboard. It's going to be dope. Um, what's the second story for, for tonight, Reef? Sure. So the uh, second story is about how I'm building a cardboard <laughs> version of myself to actually go to Jesus work and uh, and a tutor as well. Um, Jesus Christ. Nah. So so the second story is a bit about um, uh, one of the you know founders of video game industry, really, uh, Nolan Bushnell. Um, you know the head of well, not the head of Atari, but you know he's he's very. He, I believe he's one of the co-founders of Atari. Um, and he was set mm-hmm. to receive a Lifetime Achievement Award 
um, at GDC at the Game Developers Conference this year, um, and it ended up getting rescinded um, because it, it seems like this was a bit of an open secret, um, but he you know, had some really, really bad um, harassment issues with uh, women. And this wasn't like kind of things, you know, kind of like private things. This was very public um, at his like a company, like sort of had like that frat house kind of like a, like a relationship. Um, you, you know, they, you know, the 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 the, the uh, quote from the article says, um, you know, um, that in uh, 2012, Bushnell wistfully recalls the wild environment of the 70s Atari era. It was the post-flower revolution, women's liberation, no AIDS yet, and lots of company romances, you know? Um, so like, he would wear all, all kinds of inappropriate shirts and make comments about women's looks and, like, I'm sure much, much worse as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, because this is a lifetime achievement award, you know, based on sort of his work, um, I thought that it, you know, that GDC realized that, you know, that, you know, this is a guy that's been celebrated for, you know, over 40 years. Right. And I like that people are finally comfortable with sharing the like information about the harassment, um, you know, as we've seen with like other people in different industries as well. And I'm glad that, you know, that that they rescinded this because like we should not be celebrating uh, you know, people that perpetuate this kind of uh, harassment in like any workplace. Um, and there was also a uh, similar story ab- 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 about a a um, player in the uh, fighting game community that got banned from uh, tournaments um, because like because he's like also a a a, a harasser, Andre Howard. Um, so I'm glad to see you know people that participate in this get their just desserts. Um, and I hope that this is like a signal to um, people that there are repercussions, you know, you know, for uh, being an asshole, basically. Um, so um, I'll start with uh, Tanya this time. Uh, what, what, what do you think about the uh, Nolan Bushnell kind of situation? Do you, do you think that, you know, that like it was right of like a GDC to, to like a rescind this or like, do you think that, you know, that like he should be kind of, Celebrated for like just his uh, gaming. Nah, work, fuck that. Take that award away. Um, <laughs> because so the context is uh, for me why I feel so strongly is that um, I used to be on the concom of WizCon, and there was an incident before I was on the concom when I was just an attendee where someone made some really terrible remarks and they were disinvited, and everyone was like, oh my God, this person, they've contributed so much to science fiction and fantasy. And I was like, nah, you, you, <laughs> right. um, you know, just the, the way that we, we excuse this and, and I know we're front page and we should keep our language kind of clean, but I'm just going to be like, fuck them. You, you cannot separate that creator from the terrible things they did. Um, so if you want to go, but he co-created Atari and this gave people all the nostalgia, et cetera, et cetera. I don't care. You know, yep. I haven't mm. touched Atari in 25 years. So 
why should that be excused? That's like when someone is, is found to be a harasser or an abuser and there's always somebody that goes, well, they never did it to me and they're a nice person and they're my friend. I don't care if that's your friend. Fuck your friend. Um, I'm glad they yep. did it. I'm glad they did it quickly. Um, and I'm, I'm glad they did it. And as for the, the fighting tournament, dude, it should have happened sooner because a lot of people don't feel like they're safe going to fighting game tournaments as a female player or a non-binary person or someone just out that's queer. Um, I've gone to a lot of events where I'm the only woman there that's there to compete or there to just be there and game. So why should these people get a pass? Because they didn't bother everybody. Um, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they did it decisively. Um, and I don't care what he said. I don't care about all the quotes in the article. They're like, oh yeah, he has a place in history. Let him stay in history and be forgotten. I don't care. Let somebody be mad. You want to be mad? I'm easy to find online. Yeah, absolutely. Ka, what, 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 what do you true. think? Um, I, I mean, I applaud. It's interesting too. So like, I know Tanya and I will probably more than likely mm-hmm. be at GDC this year. <clears throat> and the interesting thing is like behind the scenes, I get often uh, invites to do press stuff at, at GDC. And um, I was trying to get tickets to the GDC awards uh, ceremony. And when I heard about, because I wanted to, I wanted to, I didn't know this information about Nolan Bushnell. I was like, wow, it's a really cool thing that he's going to be awarded this award. And I wanted to interview him uh, to see more about his life and, and what he's contributed to the game space. After hearing this, I would never want that interview. Like, it's not a, it's it doesn't mean that much to me to hear that people who have been in this space have treated people so badly and have gotten away with it for a very long time. Like when you have that stuff that's just attached to you, you are absolutely not a person that I want to talk to or in, or to 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 engage with because it's such a terrible thing. Like this shirt, like I'm not gonna say the whole thing, but he had a shirt that he used to walk, they used to rock around his office, that was just like I like to f. Like, in what world is that reasonable? Like, I get that they had, like, misogyny has been very, very interesting in the way that it's progressed and gotten a little bit more, uh, 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 in some ways, uh, uh, less blatant in some ways, but even more so in some other ways. But hearing that conversation of being like, I'm in the workplace and I'm going to rock a shirt when I know I've employed women that says, I like to F, I can't rock with you. That stuff is gross. That stuff is terrible. You're a terrible human being. Like, I don't, would never have that in my brain to be able to do that. Well, I also can't see your wife letting you um, get two feet out the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a farm girl. She'll stab me with a pitchfork. That would just ran- I'll just randomly get hit, just duffed out, just out of nowhere. It's like, she'd just be gone out the scene. <clears throat> just a white hand just coming from screen left, <laughs> just punched me in the eye. But, it, but it's one of those things, right, where it's like, I want to give kudos to GDC for seeing that this was a thing that happened. Um, and it, it's it's a little bit weird that they didn't know this, though. I feel like that's a little bit weird. I think they knew it. 
I think th- I think you kind of knew it, but you were gonna let it slide until people got up and 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 said some stuff. Yeah, that's um, exactly which I find which I find a little bit disheartening as well. Like, I, I mean, th- th- that's been a con- that's been a consistent thing in every industry that this happened. Is there's these open secrets, you know? But obviously, people are scared to come forward because of persecution and because they won't be believed, you know. Um, and we're finally at a point where you know where that's starting to turn a bit i don't believe it's completely turned yet um but we're at that point where like some of these people are getting their just desserts and as far as i'm concerned i'm like good like i don't care if bushnell is never honored again he's been on as i said he's been honored for 40 years like take that and bounce and be a recluse as far as i'm concerned you know like Um, you should pay for this stuff there are repercussions Kapoor in the chat asked, uh, what do we think about um, Rami Ismail, who's also going to get the Ambassador Award? And um, Tim, Tim, Tim Schaefer, why couldn't I remember Tim Schaefer's name? Jesus Christmas, uh, is also going to be getting an award, mm-hmm. uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, I believe. Um, I'm really happy about that. I mean, I've been a fan of Rami's work for a very long time. Um, I remember meeting him. He uh, Interesting story about Rami really quick. Rami was one of the first interviews that I've ever done or people that I've met in the gaming space that uh, was really super helpful uh, in trying to get me some access, which a lot of people don't know. So I met Rami some years back at IndieCade East. And uh, at the time, I had known of his work and knew that he did some cool stuff. So I was like a little bit nervous when I walked over to him. I had two two friends that I like hoodwinked into going with me to try to be my camera people uh, for the show and rolled over to him. And he literally showed me what Steam looks like from the back end. So I now know he was like, do you want to see? He was like updating uh, uh, Nuclear Throne uh, in the early stages of that game. And I and I was like, hey, Rami, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. He was like, hey, do you want to see what Steam looks like from the back end? <laughs> I was like, what? And it's terrible looking. <laughs> I was like, it looks like garbage. It's so cool. Uh, and then he actually asked me, he was like, hey, I was trying to meet someone else who was from Sony at the time. Uh, and he was actually uh, nice enough to offer uh, an invitation to to meet that person. And I punked out and got scared and ran away. Um, so Rami, Rami, I have a, I have a lot of love for him. Um, I think he's a he's a really cool cat. Um, and Tim Schafer has just been in the game for so long. I think he's I think he's fantastic. He's done a lot of really fun stuff. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to get both of them on the show fairly soon. I know Rami, we could definitely get on. And Tim has said that he wanted to do the show at some point too. So um, we'll definitely be able to get them on the show and talk to them directly. But yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I'm happy that they made that switch and that they they, they changed that stuff over because it would have been a it would have been a really bad note for that uh, award show to kind of jump off on, especially having hosts having like uh, uh, Robin Honeke as a host yeah. too, who we've had on the show. So like. You know, having to give someone an award who has been really gross mm. uh, is kind of nasty, too. So Th- think um, about how often people have had to do that throughout history. Yeah. Like, think of the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> think like, of like, everything, Grammys. really. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. I have no, no, no qualms about banning these dudes from doing this. No qualms. Get yeah, them out of here. Get them out of here. Uh, last thing before we get up out of here for episode uh, 206 of the Spawn of Me podcast. Again, thank you to everyone who has been hanging out, giving us front page love. We've been, I think we topped out almost, not even topped out, but we were in some really high 
uh, number counts in terms of uh, people watching tonight. Um, before we get up out of here, um, I know we've all been playing some stuff uh, on our consoles and PCs and switches and things. And I kind of want to go around the table and just dig into some of the stuff that you've all been playing um, and figure out what some of those things may be. Yes. Uh, let's see. Tanya, what were you playing <laughs> uh, uh, over the past couple of days and stuff? What have you been streaming oh too? Because you've been streaming, been streaming a lot of cool stuff too. Um, Skyrim, because it's my comfort game beside uh, Dragon Age. And Twitter today annoyed me so much, I decided, you know what? I need to go kill some races. So, um, <laughs> Lincoln Clay is my boo. I, I was like, I got, I just got to go back to New Bordeaux. Um, and I played through that a little bit. And it's interesting because I'm playing, I'm replaying on the PC. And it's really weird because I got really used to the PS4. I got re, really used to those controls. And now sitting here trying to play on an Xbox controller on PC is so weird. It's so weird. Um, but I played mm-hmm. Cuphead. Thank you, Khalif, for buying it. And I'm sure you saw how much I cussed during that stream. Um, I lasted an hour and a half. And I was like, okay, I got to stop because I'm going to throw a controller. There's no way I could do that on keyboard and mouse. Um, I mean, but and I'll, I'll still shot. play it. it. Don't get shot, me wrong. I'm still cool. going to play it. But it was just like, there's only so much failure I can do. <laughs> um, um, right. And also, wow, I just totally went on my head. Monster Hunter. I've actually been playing Monster Hunter because thanks to a couple stream supporters, I have Monster Hunter World now. And... You know, I'd seen people get hype about it. A couple of our friends um, are like, you know, hardcore old school Monster Hunter players. And I did play it on the Wii U. And it's fun, but it's a little grindy. So part of it is like, eh, is this yeah. fun? But if I don't have people I know to play with, I'm not sure I'll really, really like it. Um, so we'll see. And what else have I been playing? So there's Skyrim, there's Cuphead, there's Monster Hunter World, there's Mafia 3. I feel like there's something else, but there's also like every game under the sun that's been coming out. Um, you know, it's like you look up and it's like five games that come out in the last two weeks. You're like, how much money do they think we have? Um, I know. It's been uh, but I really, really wanted Dissidia because I didn't realize it was a Final Fantasy fighting game. And I was just like, wait, oh, I can right. be Sephiroth in a fighting game? Why did no one tell me about this? Um, cause Brandon, I am Brandon was streaming it and I saw some folks uh, streaming it. I think DJ tech live was doing that too. And I was just like a fighting game and final fantasy, my two favorite things. You've put it together in one game. Um, so I want that. I'm not playing it yet. Um, and I went back to street fighter five because the arcade update, but then I was like, you want me to pay you 40 more dollars for the arcade update? No, thank you. I see now. I don't know. Oh, really? I thought, I thought it was that was included, included too, if you have it. But every time I go no. to the PlayStation Store, it's what? like pay more money. Nope. Uh. F- yep. Oh wow! I did not realize it. Capcom with Street Fighter, wow. they are trying to get in your pockets real hard. They don't care. Yeah. They totally don't care. That that is not cool. <laughs> that is not cool any, at any, all. Any anything else? Um, I've been digging, been digging through. through? Wow, because it just really feels like the games are never ending. I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild off stream because I got backseated so much. I am never going to play that shit on stream again. Ooh. <laughs> I want to hear about this. How, how I love are, it. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's a chill game. You know, I take a lot of flights. It's something I can play. I can get 
unless the flight is really long, like veering on five hours, I can actually get a lot of playtime in and, and make progress. But I love it. It's bright. It's colorful. It reminds me of the Zelda that I grew up playing. But I ain't never streaming that again. Um, <laughs> I mean, that I mean, anyone. It, yeah, the look, fanboys get out of control look, when they see that stuff. I'm just, I can't. And I kind of want to get the Dragon Ball because someone mentioned it. And I know Oni's been streaming it. But I don't know. It's like I wasn't really digging the last Dragon Ball game that I played, but I I still kind of want it because I'm a big nerd. Um, mm-hmm. And right. I, I, I'm I kind of burned out on Sea of Thieves already just watching people stream it. But it, it also wow. isn't what I... Well, it isn't what we I should, thought it was going to be. We should talk about that. I thought it was going to be more of an RPG kind of game, right. not a not a play with your buddies oh, kind of yeah, game. No. Reef, did you play any Seed of Thieves? I did. Um, so, so I've been in the alphas for a while. So I've been on a, a couple of times. I played a little bit of the closed beta. I mean, it's pretty much was very similar to the um, to the alphas. Um, I love the game um, because, yeah, you're absolutely right, Tony. It's not really like a level up and, you know, that kind of game. It's like more of a let's see what kind of dumb pirate shit we can get into. Like, like, uh, you know, like that's kind of what it is. Um, but I like that. It's like kind of a silly, like, you know, like kind of half pay attention game. It mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of like games like, uh, you know, like no man's sky or, um, you know, or like a game where, you know, kind of a wind down game. Um, and I like that for it. Um, unfortunately, I think that that's going to harm it. You know, if Microsoft really wants us to be like this, you know, big IP that they can put against like Horizon and Last of Us on the Sony side and like say this is our huge big selling thing. I don't think it's going to be like that, Um, but I can see it as a game getting a really dedicated like community of just pirate people that are role playing and doing all that kind of stuff. I mean, I still love the fact that you can shoot yourself out of a cannon. I think it's just never get old to me. Um. I love the fact that not only can you pick up a treasure map, but you can like show it to someone on the screen mm-hmm. so, so, so that they can read it. I think that like those little touches are great. The water is beautiful, um, yeah. even though you know, like obviously it's not like like a photorealistic game, but the water just looks great. Um, but but yeah, it is absolutely like actually. Um, Nani has a hilarious thing where Sea of Thieves is like. PUBG, but without everyone killing one another, which I have to disagree with because I've been killed plenty of times by other people in a Sea of Thieves. Um, you got to thrust their bus, Reef. That's what you got to do. Oh, man. My thrust of bus is weak in that game, man. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think it's fun for for what it is, but I do think, as like Tanya said, I do think that some people are going to go in with the wrong assumptions about what it is because they're going to see like this $60 first party game and and I think we've kind of been almost almost trained to expect like a certain kind of experience with those games. Um, and this definitely is not that. Um, but it's super fun. I, I've, I had a, a great time with it. Definitely something I'm going to pick up on a PC, especially especially because of the cross-play with um, Xbox. I think a lot of people are going to like a pick it up as well that um, have Game Pass since it'll be available like a day and date if like uh, you have like the ten dollar a month like microsoft game pass s- s- service 
So I think there's always going to be a uh, community. I don't think it's going to be like the current state of a game like, say, Lawbreakers, which I love, but you queue forever because there's just not enough people kind of like uh, actually playing it. I, th- I, I think this game is going to be a success in its own small way. But, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. And, and it's just so funny. Um, as, as I said to, to um, Ka pre- previously, it's the best game to get drunk in-game in. They have the best your <laughs> drunk physics um, I've ever seen in a game, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know how quite they uh, got that done. I don't know if they had live experimentation. If if like they like mocapped a person and just made them really drunk and kind of did that. I I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it's just super dope. Um, and yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of it. Big big fan of it. If you have not listened to our show, uh, check out episode 179 of Spawn on Me, where we talked to. Uh, two of the devs on Sea of Thieves. Um, you definitely dig that episode. Um, I, I want to. There's one thing that I'm a little bit worried about with Sea of Thieves, and we, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, I know they put out, you know, it's a beta kind of alpha that they put out, but I feel like they did themselves a little bit of a, diserv- a disservice with what they put out for people to con- kind of consume because it didn't really route you in any way that gave you a lot of hope at least me about how the actual game is going to play besides kind of just roaming the seas and trying to get a chest that you can bring back for more money. It felt really empty in terms of content. Um, and I know they weren't, I know they're not trying to show their whole hand really early, but I feel like if you're going to pull people in um, to get them excited about the game, you have to put something on the hook and, and just pretty water and vomiting <laughs> it's not going to be the thing that's going to put people to go want to spend money on their game. So I, I, I left that alpha a little bit worried for that game. It's an um, alpha. But I feel, I feel like if you're going to do that stuff, you have to share a little bit of both, right? You have to share a little bit of the multiplayer stuff, which is, which is what most of that game was. Um, but you also have to hook the people who are the folks like Tanya, who are not going to necessarily want to play with other people who may want to do that seafaring by themselves and have more mission based stuff. Like they could have gave a mission or two yeah, just I, to show what that I stuff agree. would have been like. I, I think, I think it would have showcased the game a little bit better. I, I agree somewhat, but I do think that you run that risk of like, um, you know, people playing through too much of it early and then yeah. saying, I'm not going to buy it. You know, um, and I could definitely like with the amount of time that people were streaming that game, I could have seen people blowing through. Like if they made a bigger chunk of it available, I think people would have blown through it. And and and, and then even like they would have said that was fun. I got my fill or they would have mm-hmm. said, I want to play through the same stuff again, you know, or something yeah. like that. So I, I think it's something. But um um, Ty, I, I know you, you had another game that you wanted to, um, yeah, sorry to think about it when, when I was talking earlier, but Dauntless by no, Labs. Um, I know some people have played it. Um, I'm not sure oh, who in the chat yeah. might've played it, but it's, it's kind of monster hunt, monster hunter esque, but, um, to me, it, it, it's a lot more chill. Like I can kind of go by myself. I can also play with other people. I think it's still in development. But the character customization is already great. Um, I can be brown. I can be different shades of brown. Um, 
And they do have what they call locks in the game and they don't look like locks. But the good thing is the devs were really responsive to feedback. Um, Dauntless is what I'm talking about. Um, Because I saw it. I saw someone streaming it again. I think it was Mike Laidlaw. And then I discovered way after the fact that I've actually got a code for Dauntless. Um, I got it PAX West. So I've been playing (laughs) it and I sent the devs some feedback and they actually were like, cool, thanks for this feedback because all everything in the game is like really super shiny at this point. So there's some textures that need to probably be updated, at least for me. I'm like, I know you said it's like undercut locks, but no. So the good news is they're receptive to feedback, but Dauntless, it's fun. And I don't feel as left alone if i'm by myself to play um and now having played monster hunter i think i can actually go back and get a better feel for dauntless because i was a little lost kind of like what do i do there's just this giant colorful world um so i've been having fun with that so if you can get in the beta or get a key i suggest playing it especially if you're you're having a little fomo over monster hunter i think this is a good alternate and there's a lot of things that are definitely inspired by monster hunter in it but but i'm i'm really enjoying it and it's something i can solo or play with a team of four. Oh, really quick before i leave you tanya um what now that you've had a chance to play through mm-hmm. uh cuphead or play some more cuphead i know that you had some some uh some issues with it prior and kind of the way that they were talking right. about it and the kind of the conversation around it has there, was there anything in the game that you felt uh, surprised you when you had a chance to actually play through um, it? Or play some of it? That's a little hard because I didn't get too far in it. Like I said, I played for about an hour and a half. But some of it seemed punishing even on simple because I did drop the difficulty down after I just kept getting frustrated. Um, but there's also just the imagery that uh, Yusuf Cole talked about and the ways in which... You know, there's clearly an influence of the old Max Fleischer cartoons and the racist stuff that we, we some of us grew up seeing, but not really touching on it. Um, you know, if you saw Steamboat Willie, you saw all these older cartoons. And the game is a challenge. And I still want to throw my controller. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like I said before, a couple episodes ago, it's not that the game is hard. The game is hard, but for me, it's a challenge to try to get through it. I got frustrated. I can admit the game beat me this time. But it was never about the game being too hard. It was about the kind of get good culture worship around the game. And that's always going to be what I have to say about the game. Just like Dark Souls. I've got Dark Souls 3 and I've got Dark Souls 1. I don't hate hard games. I hate the... Wow, that was going to be such a bad phrase to use on the front page. <laughs> you were gonna say something yeah i was really? yeah i was because i know i know yes mm, you are. yeah i know what i was gonna say so i'm gonna <laughs> instead i'm gonna instead so you know I'm, I'm gonna pull it back i'm gonna pull it back um because you know oh, where i was man. gonna go That's so great. Uh, That's so good. <laughs> it was like your dress it's like your dress started tingling it was done <laughs> 
Yeah, that was dope. Oh my god, that was for real. It was dope. Uh, it was like, we weren't on the front page dope. right now. We weren't on the front page. Um, I'll when we're not on the front page, I'll I'll tell come, you. Come back to the um, next show. But you know, it's this, this adulation over if you don't over hard the hardness of a game and the difficulty, and you're not a real gamer if you don't you know play Dark Souls and punish yourself and spend four hours on one boss. Um, and this idea that if you don't fall into that category, if that's not what you find enjoyable as a gamer, then you are not actually a gamer. You know, the people that will scoff at folks playing narrative games or playing something on easy, etc. Um, so there are always these people that will try to test your gamer cred and say, well, oh, you never played Dark Souls. You never played. And it's like, mm. dude, I grew up playing Frogger and Contra. We can't play. You can play the cred game if you want, but um, right, it is what it is. So again, it's it's not about that the game is hard. It's not about that the game is difficult. It's the worship of get good culture and the worship of be be the best you can. Punish yourself in this game. Um, and if you don't do so, then you're not a real gamer. And that that's where my issue has always been with it. Because I saw Cup the adulation of Cuphead reaching Dark Souls levels. Mm. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Good good culture is whack. We don't support that here. Good good culture is garbage. Don't 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 dig into that stuff. Especially if you are like a hunter. Wow. So way better than warlock jumps that could ever be. Um Shout out to everyone in the chat who likes Warlocks. I should ban you all just for liking Warlocks. <laughs> hey, I've, I've been a Warlock since Destiny 1, man. Oh, I thought I knew you. I've been locking I it up. Reef. I, thought I, lo- I thought I loved you. I thought I loved you, Reef. Um, uh, I've been playing a couple things. Uh, I started uh, SteamWorld Dig 2 uh, on the Switch uh, from the recommendation from Danny O'Dwyer. Shout out to Danny O'Dwyer over at Noclip. Uh, that game is pretty funky. I like it a lot. It's it, it's feeding my spelunky uh, uh, love uh, in a lot of ways, and I feel like it's it's doing some stuff that's really cool uh, besides the way that you would play spelunky, which I which I'm digging. I, I didn't think that I was gonna like it. I thought it was gonna be something that was like oh, it's kind of throwaway game, but I'm digging it a lot. That's something that's really fun. Um, definitely played some Sea of Thieves, and we talked about that already. Again, I'm hoping that that thing expands into something more, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to bring those folks back onto the show and talk about it once it goes live and everybody else can actually do it. The thing that um, Reef brought up, actually, that I did want to touch on is um, I hope that they figure out a way with Sea of Thieves to give you a space where you're not constantly under threat. I think that that part is kind of annoying. It gave me a, it gave me a lot of feelings of when I first started to play GTA online for the first couple of weeks and literally anytime I turned a corner, I got shot. I was like, is, is this NYPD around me right now? What is going on? What is happening? Any way you turn, people roll up on you and try to shoot you. Like what, what is happening in this part of the game? I did not, I did not appreciate that. And it feels like there are parts of that right now in, um, in uh, Sea of Thieves, which I hope they figure out a way to kind of tweak that. Uh, and make that a little bit better. But the weird thing, a game that I've been playing that has been taking up a lot of my time uh, for the past week. Uh, so first of all, my PS4 uh, died in the past couple of weeks. 
and um, I finally got it back yesterday. Uh, shout out to not not good shout out to FedEx. Uh, <laughs> I got beef with y'all, like for real, for real. Don't ever try to sponsor our show. I will turn your money down, bro. Don't do it because I don't want your FedEx money. Um, because a bunch of liar. Anyway, wow, uh, <laughs> liars. See? That's sponsorship. I don't. You know what? I'll take that one to. I'll take that one to the chest. I'll put, I'll put my. I'll put my black fist up and be like, no FedEx, no. Now watch the next time you need a delivery. See what okay. happens. Um. Well, last time they tried to say they gave me a delivery and they didn't even come. They didn't leave no messages and they made me stay home from work anyway. Uh, and I've been playing a lot of UFC. UFC three that is uh, just coming out this week. Um. I have been a fan of the game from the previous two iterations of it. Um, got a chance to play the early, a little bit of it early because of uh, EA Access, which again, if you are on Xbox and you have not purchased EA Access, I think it's a really good bargain. Um, and you get to play stuff really early. Uh, you get a chance to kind of see if you want to actually dig into the game that you uh, can get a free trial for. Um, and UFC 3 is really good. I'm actually super surprised that some of the small things they've done to make that game better, um, better locomotion. Uh, it feels like when you get hit, you're really getting hit. Like the the visceral parts of that game that they got done uh, really well in the previous two games. I feel like they've ramped that up in a way that doesn't seem gross. Because in the first game it was like, oh, you look really bloody. Like you just got beat the hell up, um, and it was kind of in this kind of grotesque way. Now it feels a little bit more realistic, which is great. Um, and also one of the really cool things they added, uh, that they did from the previous game was this new kind of, um, uh, what do you call it? Like you build your stable kind of mode. I forget the actual name of it specifically, but it's funky because what you do is you get your characters, you place them into your slots, and then you have all these different cards that are assigned to you that you get from packs that you get. It's kind of like uh, Madden, uh, mutt mode. Um, and you join there and you basically build out your characters, your fighters with these moves. And it gives them so many different options that you can use, uh, to fight characters up the ranks. Um, and I'm really digging it. I'm really like excited to play the full version of the game when it comes out, uh, on Friday, we're recording this on Thursday. Um, and then I get to bring my character leafy green back on into the world who is my created character. Any most, most of my created characters are called leafy green. Uh, and I've started an internet beef with someone on another Twitch channel who plays a lot of UFC fighting games, <laughs> Mills gaming, shout out to Mills. Um, so our virtual characters are going to have virtual beef on Twitter and in virtual spaces and in the real world, because that's what you're supposed to do when you have cool video games and you can do that stuff with. So it's like, I have a Twitter handle for him. And I'm going to throw like internet shade at Mills through my character's Twitter handle, which is the same Twitter handle that you can make for him in the game. It's super dope. It's like Inception, but UFC fighting and Twitter beef all masked the one thing at the same time. I, I have see. a lot of time on my hands. I know. I'm like, I hope you have a lot of time on your hands, Tab. <laughs> Y'all were not supposed to agree with that. Now we're shutting <laughs> now down. That's I'm it. That's 100%. a wrap. We're done. You killed it. That was terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. That was terrible. Anyway, UFCception, exactly, Wallstormer. Yes, thank you very much. So, again, everyone, thank you so, so much for hanging out with us tonight. 
we had a fantastic episode, a fantastic show. Um, we had, let me just look at something real quick. Cause I, I, you know, when you're on front page, it is really cool to see just how many people have kind of come through and just hung out, hung out. Um, I think at peak, we had almost like 900 people in here hanging out with us tonight. Yeah. Over 900. Almost, yeah. Over 900, mm-hmm. over 9,000, uh, almost, uh, 112 new followers today and like eight subs. Fantastic. Sweet. I'm so happy about that. And again, huge shout out to the folks over at Twitch. Um, for for hooking us up with some front page love, absolutely check out uh, all their all their tweets because you'll be able to see whoever else is going to be uh, engaging in in, in uh, a part of this uh, Black History Month push. Um, and again, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week and every week. And Reef, before we get up out of here, let people know where they can find our show and find out all the other stuff that we're doing. Sure, guys. Uh, SpawnOn.me. Go to that website. Get the latest episode, the archive of the episodes, our About Us pages, um, all that information, contacts, and all that stuff. Um, if you want to tweet at us, go to at SpawnOnMe. Uh, if if you want to face, is it Facebook us? Can you even say that? I if you want to FaceTime us, I'm not giving up. I feel like I'm 90 point. years old. If you want to <laughs> Facebook us, um, you can go to SpawnOnMe as well. Uh, um, and also, um, if you are listening to the audio podcast, uh, join us every Thursday, um, at, uh, 7.30 PM, uh, Pacific, 10.30 PM Eastern or 9.30 Central, um, on twitch.tv slash spawn on me as well to catch our live video version of the show. Um, and if you want to go above and beyond, um, to support us as well, make sure to go to patreon.com slash spawn on me. Um, to help us reach our goals, to make the show even better, um, to uh, represent for all the people out there. Word, word, and more word. And again, um, I'm going to take a parting, parting uh, shot or parting gift uh, to give to everybody and, and shout out homeboy DeRay out in the world uh, and think about this. Uh, whenever you visit our page and when you visit our stuff and everybody else who's going to be engaged with this stuff, that we love our blackness and yours and definitely rep yourself as hard as possible out in the world so much love to you all we're gonna say peace thank you all for thank you all for coming and hanging out tonight much love peace